Welcome to Mind Over Matter with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. I share stories of insight, personal experience, ways in which I and others have overcome obstacles, and the importance of perseverance. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am thrilled to have you here on my podcast, tuning in weekly as I share two episodes with you. My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 181. This week, we touch on so many golden nuggets, but one that really stood out to me is redefining who you are after losing everything. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I brought on Apollo Savant. Apollo, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Give the listeners a little background. Where are you from and what do you do? Where am I from? Like where I was born or where I'm at now? Um, I know. Since you kind of move around. Tell, how about where are you at now? Where has life right taken now, you? Yeah, I'm in Phoenix. Um, I only ask because it feels like I'm in a different place every few months in my life. Um, I've been to 49 states so far. Alaska is the last one. So hopefully the next podcast interview, it'll be from Alaska. (laughs) But Colorado is the home base. Okay. And what is it that you do? Uh, I do social activism, political activism. I do event management. I'm a public speaker, an author, music artist, and festival organizer. Yes. And I love that you wear so many hats. It's something you shared with me previously is, you know, and I'd love if you would like to give some background of your music career and and how successful you were and then what happened. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, In my early 20s, I ended up landing a pretty big record deal and it was it was pretty substantial for my life because before then I was a high school dropout. I was a teenager that was homeless and dealing with depression, anxiety, dead broke. And then I just kept going after my dreams. Uh, I I knew that I needed to succeed and I was pretty relentless in it. And then I ended up getting this big record deal. I got on a, a reality show on MTV called True Life and everything was going really well for a few years. Like, you know, the dream came true. I had houses and cars and money and it was great. And then right at the peak of my success, I was about to drop my album with my record company. And then everything came collapsing at the same time. Um, my record, the people who ran my record label got, um, locked up (laughs) for some illegal things they were doing with money laundering. And I ended up losing my record deal. And then the real estate market crashed. So I lost both my houses. Um, So I had to redefine myself. Um, I was always like a multi-passionate person. But, you know, as you grow and change, you just kind of follow wherever your heart is feeling called to. Because for me, following my heart's passion is what got the record deal. So I figured that it doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as I'm following that it's going to lead me to success. So did this all go down back in like 08? Yeah. Yeah. It was from like 05 to 08. Yep. And I think that was a lot of rock bottoms for a lot of people, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it was, 
you know, looking back at it, it may, I think it was a financial rock bottom, but I think that it was the birth of so much personal development. So that's another way of looking back at that time. Yeah. And obviously there's always a silver lining, I believe, if we look for it. But I want to ask you, since you were financially, you were riding this high, experiencing the cars, the luxury, the things. And I think so many people chase that. And now that you experienced it and then lost it, what what is your biggest takeaway from that? Yeah. You know, we, we always hear the thing of like money can't buy happiness. And I think that when you're broke, you kind of get angry at that sentence. You're like, okay, then give me some money. I'll show you how happy I can be, right? Like, and it's like, no, 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 no. That's a real thing. I mean, of course, you know, comfort and psychological, but, but to me, like money just magnifies what you already are in that moment. So, you know, it makes good people more good. You're able to do a little bit more. If you're more, if you're naturally greedy or stingy, you might be even more greedy and stingy. Um, so it, it doesn't, it can change you. It can bring up the ego. To me, when you have wealth and you don't have self-awareness, you're poor. Um, and it actually becomes even more difficult to become truly wealthy. And wealthy to me, like finances, is just one aspect of wealth. But uh, I, my happiest moments had nothing to do with money. If anything, money sometimes took me away from my own happiness. It took me away from the present moment. It, uh, it made me treat people differently and, and people treated me differently. Um, so there's a level of authenticity that, uh, that has nothing to do with how much income you have. Of course, like basic minimum survival income does impact happiness. But beyond that, you get to choose, you know, your perception of the world and create whatever reality you want. I had to write that line down that you said, money magnifies who you already are. And I think that is so powerful. Um, I have a question for you since, and again, because you experienced it, why do you believe, is that a society, something we've been conditioned to chase the money, chase the achievement? Why do you think so many people are chasing that? I think, um, you know, some of it is intergenerational when our parents, some of our parents, like my my dad came here as a poor immigrant. He had like $500 in his pocket for him. Making money was literally survival for his wife and his kids. So that, that, that mentality was passed on. Um, I think some of it is ego. Some of it is seeking approval from other people. Some of it is financial security, getting to, to not have to stress how you're going to pay your bills. I mean, these are all valid reasons for it. So it's not to say that like anybody's doing anything wrong by having these type of emotional reactions to wanting money. Um, but yeah, and then when you mix it from a place of also materialism and how mainstream media and society you know, because in reality, we're extremely wealthy as a society, right? When you look back at human history, you know, a, 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 technically speaking, like a homeless person in America today has more access to more resources than 99% of humans did throughout human existence. I'm talking about like before there was electricity or water or, you know, access to food and programs and shelters. Like, think about, like, how humans survived for thousands of years. Now we, we do have access to water and electricity if we live in developed countries. And just that alone puts us at a higher comfort than 99% of human existence. So it's some of its perception that when, when, when we look around and we see so many people have that and we have this, we compare ourselves. 
so to me, like gratitude and appreciation and coming back to what matters of human connection and love and, um, you know, friendship, I, I, I think we need to get back to that. It doesn't mean don't chase wealth, um, but it, it does. It means don't put it as your number one priority. Because if you think that's what's going to make you happy, you're mistaken. Yeah. Something you said triggered me. And uh, I had to pull up my phone for a text I sent to a couple of my friends yesterday. And because I think money is such a triggered topic for so many people, right? And you commented that dad came here, immigrant, 500 bucks. And so you think kind of maybe that scarcity or lack mindset carried generational. And I 100% believe that's that's true. And I've actually worked with a wealth conscious coach. I love him, Dan Harrison. He's amazing. And I just finished reading The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma yesterday. But in the book is this line, which I really want to share, is that poverty is a consequence of an inner condition, not an outer situation. And simply that money is a currency that must flow like electricity. And so, yeah, if people would really dig deep and understand their money story and, and that their resistance and their blocks, it would flow so freely to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and it's the, to me, there's a combination of allowance and action of like stillness and motion. Um, so I'm on the boat where on one end, I was really deep into law of attraction at one point where I sat with uh, Bashar in the hot seat. I sat with Abraham Hicks. Um, I was really into that, the secret. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and that, it's on YouTube too. You can see it later. Um, but, but I was into that. And then on, there's another side of me where I'm super into entrepreneurship, uh, of uh, action oriented. And for me, I found the most successes when I, I'm able to bridge both of those things. I know tons of people that are like, you know, positive thinking. And I'm like, well, you know, that, no, <laughs> to me, like positive thinking without action doesn't work um, towards building happiness and wealth the same way that action without awareness doesn't lead to true wealth or true happiness. No, and I get, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about bridging that gap of alignment and action. And actually, I love Abraham Hicks. I listened this morning and one of them said, and I think it's definitely societal that everybody thinks they have to be doing to get the thing. And I don't think it is just positive thinking. I affirm money is coming my way. But what Abraham always talks about, it's the emotional and the feeling and the vibration of already having it. Not one day or down the road or I'll be happy when, but it's to be happy and, and embrace all of that that you want right now and that will come. So there yeah. is that line. Yeah, because you are like you are wealthy right now. If, if you're able to watch this video, there's a really good chance that you are wealthy compared to the billion people that don't have technology and food and water and electricity and shelter on the planet right now. So to me, it's like, I can look at, you know, the people that are billionaires and be like, I'm not there. Or I can be like, Oh my God, I have a computer. I have a phone. I know that I'm going to eat today. I, I think that for me, when we didn't, when my whole family lost their house, my whole family went homeless. I, it was such a blessing for me to know what it's like to, to really not know how you're going to survive. Most people who have, were born and raised in a developed country haven't really had to go into that survival mode 
um, as much as, you know, if you were born and raised in an undeveloped country where, you know, there isn't electricity or access to these things. So to me, I'm like, no, I'm already super wealthy. So I'm tapped into the vibration of wealth through gratitude and appreciation. I think that is the key to it. Yeah. Gratitude and appreciation for what is. I love your mindset and obviously the the place that you're at right now, being present and gratitude. But can you maybe walk me through after that that music era of yours kind of hitting your own rock bottom? How did you how did you get into this present moment and this gratitude state and, and be able to wear all these multiple hats that you do? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. During that time, um, I when I when I lost everything. All my friends disappeared. Every, like literally everything that I based my identity on was gone. And then I took a few years away from the public spotlight and I moved to Sedona, Arizona. I, um, I, I eventually just started traveling around and doing a lot of inner work. Uh, it, it, was, it was an ego collapse and it was the greatest thing that happened to me. It was years of just on the spiritual journey of self-growth and reading books and doing workshops and going to meditations. And then when I emerged out of that, I was able to, to build myself back up and make all these other dreams come true. Where it's like, just because you have one dream that you went after and failed um, or you succeeded and then you failed or whatever the outcome is, it to me the whole journey of it proves that it's possible and if it can happen then it can happen now except now you're even more aware than you were back then so you have even more tools to pull off you know whatever it is that you're going after now than you did yesterday so to me it's like an exponential growth and uh, i'm super excited like I, I i always think that the best is here and then the best is still yet to come like tomorrow i'm going to be wiser than I was yesterday. And I always remind myself that, you know, cause if I gave up during all my failures, like I, I think about where my life is now. And then if I can like send a message back to my younger self, I'm like, Oh my God, like what, whatever you thought was so detrimental to your world was nothing compared to what you're going to become. Like there's so much joy and happiness. Like you don't even know yet, you know? So Okay, so you said a phrase I've never heard it before, but I loved it. Ego collapse. What did that? What does that mean? Yeah, to me, it's it's where you you base your identity off of, like the ego, because ego is part of the human experience. But when it's hyperinflated, um, there is it's a gift when there is a tragedy in your life. To me, tragedies are one of the greatest gifts in the in the entire universe. Not that you should go wanting them to happen but when they do happen inevitably to change your perspective of it and know that it's leading to your growth and that knowing that it's leading to your strength you know like when when you're working out you're literally like ripping your muscles and it's the healing process that makes them stronger so i think the same thing with emotional pain or life's tragedies like you're literally like getting ripped up and torn up and collapsing and in that healing process you you gain stronger as a human being i love that example and actually robin charma uses that exact same thing in that 5am club book i can't stop talking about but and I mean, I'm a big gym goer, but that totally makes sense that literally in order for the muscle to grow, you have to work it out, break it down. And it's during the rest and recovery that you build or grow. And I think so many people, whether it's a burnout or whatever, so many people just go, 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 and they don't take that rest and recovery for the growth. Absolutely. 
So then question for you, everything you've been through, do you believe that life has, I love the quote, but happened for you, not to you? Absolutely. Yeah. But so many people sit in the victim mentality. Life is happening to me, poor me. You, you, that could have been you. So how, how did you step into, no, what, where's the lesson or, or what's the growth or what am I to learn? Yeah. It's this thing of like free will versus destiny in a way. I mean, I don't want to get too into like my personal beliefs, but I think like for me, I, I also, I have a spiritual belief that allows me to be grounded. Like I, I truly believe like my soul has created this path for me to have these experiences for its own evolution. But outside of that, cause I know everybody has different beliefs. So I'm not trying to like project that onto others, but, but whatever it is that keeps you grounded or connected to something that I highly suggest coming back to it and you're going to slip, you're going to slip in your beliefs. You're like, right now in this grounded space during this interview, I can speak my clear truth when I'm in the pain or I'm in the wound. It's not always that sometimes I forget. And this is why it's like who you surround yourself with the type of information that you allow in your mind. You, you need to have these reminders. Um, and so, so, yeah, I just surround myself with reminders. And when I slip, I forgive myself. I love being perfectly imperfect. I love being human. I love messing up. Um, and then I love coming back to truth. Yeah. You seem like you're in such a peaceful state. Is I mean, how do you get to that? Is it daily meditation? Is it the people you're surrounding yourself with? Is it the, what is it? This might uh, seem counterintuitive, but it's because because um, <laughs> I'm I can be angry. So what I mean by that is presence with what's real allows it to be exercised out of your body if it needs to be, or it allows you to process it if it needs to be processed. So for me, like right now, I'm in a peaceful state because I feel peaceful. So I'm really peaceful. And that means when I'm happy, I'm really happy. And it means that when I'm angry or I'm sad, I just go all the way into it and I express it deeply. Um, it's to me, it's, it's not about trying to constantly be positive or it's about authenticity and being real with the human experience. Because what happens for a lot of people is they feel a little bit of anger and then they either use spiritual bypassing or they, you know, they, they don't want to feel the anger. So they shove it down. And then it's just this constant thing that's there that builds up and then explodes. So for me, I'm like, no, I'm sad. Like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. I messed up. It's okay to mess up. I'm angry. I just need to yell. I need to move. I need to. So whatever it is, like, I'm really about squeezing the juice out of life and like every last drop, you know, when I get to the end of my life, I want to look back and say, I felt fully, I lived fully deeply. Um, and then when there is moments of peace and joy and bliss, it allows me to feel it so much more because that same mindset I have for every emotion, if that makes sense. No, I love what you just shared. And obviously you have a very high EQ, emotional intelligence, right? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, sure. <laughs> well, from what you said, it seems that way because I think you're right. So many people suppress emotions. And I think, um, I haven't read the book, but Lewis Howes talks about it, Mask of Masculinity. And I think a lot of people are wearing masks, don't want to be vulnerable. Um, I had a roommate once who was so, such a people pleaser 
that mm. I think what happened is she suppressed all that anger. And then, yeah, when there would be an ugly outburst, it sucked. And I think my EQ is raising, but it's in those moments when I am really angry, I almost feel like embarrassed that I'm so angry right now, but I just want to get it out. Right. You're like, I are, I know better. You know, there's this thing, like, if you knew better, you'd do better kind of thing. But it's like, to me, um, and the only reason I hesitated with like, do I have high level of EQ is because like, I, I don't feel like I'm ever going to like get to a pl- point of feeling like I arrived and I kind of don't want to ever get there. I always want to be like, where am I mess? Like, where can I keep learning and learning and keep being aware? But the thing for me is like, I, um, the, the spreading, like stretching out emotional reaction versus like external response has been a big difference for me. Cause a lot of times something will happen when I get in a triggered state, I can get crazy. And I'm like, if I just breathe or if I just walk away, if I just take a few minutes or a few hours, I eventually get back to a place where my whole like emotional system calms down. And I would never say the things that I would say when I'm in that triggered state. So for me, like, yeah, yeah like I, I really think like we're, we're, we're kind of harsh on, on other people, like where, you know, we'll see somebody respond in an immature way or an angry way or a destructive way. And we'll, we'll create a story of that entire human being. Like they're just, you know, this mean human being. It's like, if I could share anything with people, it's that you're so much more than your weakest moments. So those parts that you slip, don't, you're not defined by that. And with that same thing, don't define other people by that. Like when you think about people you don't get along with anymore, your entire perception of them is the last memory that you have of them. There is no benefit of the doubt that they've grown since then. There is no, like we, we live in such like an attack culture right now that there isn't forgiven. So for me, I always say like, I'm willing to apologize to anybody that I've ever hurt. And I'm willing to forgive anybody that's ever hurt me because we're all human and we're all having these moments. And that doesn't mean that that's who you actually are. It's your hurt child responding. For sure. That's a powerful message. Okay. Then question for you. What is the number one takeaway you want listeners to have from this conversation? Hmm. You're going to die. <laughs> That's kind of morbid, kind of yeah. morbid, right? Um, it's actually the, the secret to my personal, for me personally, it's the secret to my happiness. Um, to me, like really gratitude is a pathway to happiness and having a reminder of my mortality and how insignificant we are to the bigger picture. I mean, in this one lifetime on this one planet in this one body means that this moment is so much more significant than you could even conceptualize. So when I wake up, like being connected to my mortality makes me let go of things that I'm holding on to things that I'm embarrassed about. It makes me more forgiving towards others, more like, it's a, or going after my dreams. It allows me to fail and let go because, you know, we're, it's like, if you can't let go of your failures, if you can't let go of your, you know, your fears, if you can't let go of that relationship, if you can't let go of anything in this life while you're in it, how are you going to let go of your body when it's time to do that? You know? So to me, it's like all the things that we're practicing within this lifetime is 
practice for what I believe happens to us in the spiritual realm or when we transition into whatever is next. So it's all, all of life is a spiritual practice for me and going after my dreams, creativity, entrepreneurship, it's all about, it's spiritual to me. It's like, it's creation. It's literally creation. When you create art or music or a business, like you're taking something that's invisible, that's in your mind, that doesn't exist anywhere in the entire universe. And through your pure will, you are taking the intangible and making it tangible. You are taking the ethereal and making it physical. And if that's not spiritual, I don't know what is. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's a whole nother realm and and layer, but um, for time's sake, I'd like to ask you a few rapid fire questions. And the first is, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Ooh, that is a good one. Mm. I like the, how does it, the serenity prayer? Um, I'm trying to, I, I, how does that go again? The, uh, the wisdom to know the difference between, yeah, that one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, it's totally blanking the actual words of it. But I know every time I'm like scrolling and I see that posted, it always hits me. Okay, I'll have look, a look. Yeah, hold on real quick. Planet. Okay. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about too. I feel like my mom used to have that on her bathroom wall or something growing yeah because you, you know we have there's all these like famous quotes and um so i i don't really have like a quote that i like have printed and it's like this is my oh. favorite quote of all time but yeah is you want to read it? it well if this is the right one god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change courage yeah. to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference yeah, that's it. Oh, oh yeah. it's so good. Because that plays into what I was saying about like the free will and destiny thing and like what you can control and what you can't. So anytime I like happen to stumble across that, I'm like, yes, I should memorize it if it's my favorite quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I put you on the spot, but I agree. Okay. So a book, is there one that you're currently reading or highly recommend? Ooh, uh, in generally speaking, or just any book there's no right no now, rules right now um i like love sense and attached i'm really getting into like relationships studying the psychology of relationships and how it reflects your childhood wounds and um i've done a lot of healing through reading books like that so yeah i love that stuff Okay, final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? <laughs> That's funny because I just talked about that. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. It gets better. Awesome. Apollo, thank and you so Oh, go ahead. And, sur and surviving the pain is what is going to allow it to get better. That's all. But what would you tell somebody to survive the pain? Because a lot of times in the moment, that is scary people want to run from it. So do you mean more to embrace it, to feel it, to? Let time be your teacher. Ooh. Oh, we'll write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Because you know what happens is as you get older, you know, these last few years I've been working with young people and I've been, I've led empathy workshops for over 50,000 teenagers. And the whole reason that I was so inspired to do that work is because of this very thing of if they can just get past that pain point. The challenge is when you're younger, you don't have reference points. You don't have data to prove that you can survive the things, but something happens as you get older, when you're in your thirties and forties, like the older you get, the more data points that you have. You're like, Oh, I survived that and that and that. And I'm not who I was five years ago, 10 years ago. So that means that I'm not going to be the same person five years from now, 10 years from now. And who, what I decide right now changes my future because I have evidence that who I am right now is different from my past. Yes. And I mean, to look back, cause what you're saying, I a hundred percent agree with, and I get but I think five years ago, I don't think I would have been sitting there being like, I'm going to be so different five years from now. But we are. And you want to evolve and grow and change. And I want to. Always. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you. You're awesome. appreciate you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. To connect with me further, you can find me on Facebook, Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as heather.hakes. And I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>